0: What's going on Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we'll be going over the fact that the Bulls use their uh, biannual exception to sign Tristan Thompson, which means that they will not have that exception next summer to use. They still will have their mid-level exception, but we'll talk about that and what that could mean to the financial outlook of the team this summer. We'll also talk about how long it's going to take the player, the returning players to get into rhythm once they're back, and we'll also be going into the mailbag. All, all that right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So uh, it's come out that the Bulls did use their biannual exception to sign Tristan Thompson. So that means that they, uh, an exception that they would have had this summer to go along with their their mid-level exception, they will no longer have that. Now, that's surprising for a couple of different reasons, right? A Tristan Thompson could have signed for the veterans minimum, and the Bulls would not ha- would have not had to use any exceptions for that. When you sign someone at their minimum, so it's 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 weird that the Bulls use an exception for that. At least that's to my knowledge. I told you guys I'm not a capologist, but uh, I know I knew I know a few things. But if if I'm incorrect on that whole signing a, a veteran player at the minimum, somebody let me know down below. But so that takes away another tool that the Bulls could use. Uh, to add to this team over the summer. Now, what that could mean is that the Bulls, even though they they signed him, that they could look to keep Tristan Thompson, right? That this team could, you know, depending on what the Bulls have going on, you look at the Bulls roster, right? We know Marco, still going to be here. He He's on a, a multi-year deal. I O still going to be here. Uh, the Bulls' free agents next year uh, line up to be Derek Jones Jr. I think Javante has another year on his contract as well. But Derek Jones Jr., Troy Brown Jr., um, and Tony Bradley also has. So the Bulls do have a lot most of this roster is theoretically going to be on this roster next year now they can move them they could waive some players i know not everyone has a fully guaranteed deal next year but eliminating the biannual exception off the table means a couple of different things now like i said the bulls still will have their their mid-level exception which is a larger exception that they can bring in they still have their trade exception as well that they can use to add a player so does that mean that the bulls are going to be looking to avoid the tax this is something that It's always a conversation around the Bulls community because for so long we've had that mandate of not paying the luxury tax. Now, you know, Reinsdorf has said before that they would pay it for a contender. Does that mean they'll pay the luxury tax to become a contender? Or does that mean that they'll pay the luxury tax to keep a contender together, right? So what that means, I guess, will will remain to be seen. And maybe that's determined by how far the Bulls go in in this playoffs. But again, I just wanted to update you guys on the fact that that's what they did in the Bulls. Now we'll have one less tool to add to the team uh, next season. Now they still do have their first round pick as well next year. We already talked about the trade exception, uh, the mid-level exception. Um, they also have some expiring deals that they can use. Nikola Vucevic's contract is coming up uh, at the end of next season. So all that being said, I thought it was just something interesting I wanted to bring, it, bring it to you guys. What do you guys think? Do you think that if the Bulls are going to pay the luxury tax, is that going to be determined by their showing in this year's playoffs? Because if the Bulls make it, even to the Eastern Conference Finals. And maybe they just need to get over the hump. Maybe that's enough to convince the Ryansdorfs to allow AK and Eversley to go over the luxury tax to, to go ahead and, and finish out filling out whatever they need on this team. But let me know what you guys think down below. Next uh, topic for today is, how long will it take the returning players to all get in rhythm once we have everybody back? You know, one thing that I've been talking about a lot on this channel is the fact that going into about mid-March, we should have just about everybody back. We'll see what go, what's going on with P-Will. And so all those things ask, How long would it take this Bulls team to gel and come together? And the way that I look at it, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, Caruso is going to be able to do Caruso things when he's in the game. So I don't really, it's more so with Caruso, how does that risk? We saw him play well even in the game. He kept playing in the game when he broke his wrist. So does that bode well for him being able to return, hit on all cylinders? I think so. I think with the fact that Caruso is going to be able to do his thing, right? Even if we don't need Caruso to do as much ball handling, now that Io and his playmaking has continued to develop, Caruso coming in, being able to defend, hit open shots, that's going to be there for him all the time. So don't look at Caruso being somebody who may need a lot of time to get back in the rhythm. I could be wrong with that. That's just how I see it. Lonzo Ball as well. The way that the Bulls now, I do want to see the Bulls use Lonzo more of his tools, absolutely. But the way that the Bulls have used him is pretty much, you know, he does do some ball handling, not as much as what what we thought he was going to do coming into the season, but because he primarily gets a lot of open shots out there in the perimeter, I don't necessarily see it's going to take him a long time to get back in rhythm. It's going to be determined by how comfortable he is on that knee. Now he did, uh, there was a video released today of him dancing around with his daughter, which was fun to see as a parent. It's always fun for me to see stuff like that. Uh, He was moving around, I mean, but you're moving a kid. So we're not going to try to analyze that so much, but it's all really determined on his knee. I would say that those, if he can come back with those 10 to 15 games left, I think that's more than enough to have Lonzo work back in the one player that I'm really concerned with how long it's going to take them to get back into rhythm is Patrick Williams. And by that, I mean, he came back from injury this season and really in the game, he got hurt was the first game. We saw uh, Patrick Williams really t- comfortably take open shots. And then he was immediately hurt after that. So Patrick Williams is really the one that I'm worried about. Like how what mind frame now physically, he's been able to keep up his condition. I'm not really worried about the conditioning aspect of it. The middle aspect of his game is what I'm worried about um, as far as like him coming back and how long it's going to take him to get in rhythm. But with that being said, the, the fact that Patrick Williams is really going to be asked to do a couple of things, play uh, on the boards as much as he can play solid defense and take open shots uh, comfortably. That last part to take open shots without second guessing yourself and passing out of, it's probably going to be the thing that takes him the longest to get around to, but we'll see. I do think that, um, we may, It may be even into the second round of the playoffs if we really see Patrick Williams get back comfortable again. But let me know what you guys think down below. How long do you think it's going to take the returning players to really get back in rhythm? How long do you think it's going to take this team to gel together? But that's it for that. Let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag. We got this first uh, voicemail, and this is from Marvin. And Marvin, again, said, uh, kind of like 8 Lives says he was going to keep it short. He didn't. Let's go ahead and get into it. What's
1: going on, Hayes? Marvin. Okay. I just called in, man, because... Uh... <laughs> I know all the fans out there are eager to see what we're going to do in the second half, but I just want to say, guys, put your seatbelts on because this is going to be a ride. I ain't going to make this long, and I mean that. Uh, I think the Bulls have the toughest schedule of the first six games. I know we got the toughest second toughest schedule of any team in the NBA, but the first six games out of the gate, guys, Atlanta, Memphis, Miami, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Philly, that is a stretch. And to be realistic, guys, we we need to get a split out of that. And uh, that's stretching it. If we get three out of the six, I think we'll be okay. Okay, now it's 23 games left in the season. We had 38 wins, and my predictions this year was 51 wins. Out of them 23 games, we have about 14 games, guys, 14 games that are tough. So I just want to say, before anybody start crying and hollering and hooping and hollering, we're going to lose some games, guys. You might as well get ready for that. So uh, We might as well just get ready for that. Now, if we win a lot of games out of these games that I'm figuring we're going to lose, then that's good. But uh, it's going to be a tough ride. If we get out of these first six decent, I think it'll build some confidence with us and we stay healthy. Let me make sure we say I'll say that. Because after that Philly game, which is the sixth game, we got a game in Detroit. Now, anything on the roll is not easy but we should win that one. But we come right back in the mix and hit Cleveland, and then we hit our West Coast trip for the last time. It's not as tough as the first one, which is the first one's at Sacramento, but the last two at Utah and at Phoenix, those are tough games. Behind that, we got Toronto. Then we come up a six-game road trip, guys. A six-game road trip, starting with Milwaukee. They're not as tough. We got Milwaukee at the beginning, and they kind of lighten up with Cleveland in there. But if we get through that, okay. i think we'll be about ready to try to bring it home, but that homestand is still not easy with Milwaukee. I mean, with Miami coming into town, Milwaukee coming into town, and Boston coming into town, and Charlotte coming into town. So what I just want to say is I, I think 51 wins, and that's pushing it, guys. If we get to 50, that's good. I can't predict what seating we will have because this schedule is just so crazy and other teams are going to have to play other teams. But I want to say this, man. No need to call in talking crazy because we are going to lose some games. But let's be optimistic, guys. If we can push through this and get 49 to 50 to 51 wins, I think we'd be in a good place. And if we can stay healthy, let's make sure we stay healthy too. And I think we'll be okay. So I just want to leave that, haze because I know you asked, I mean, how many wins you figured we we, we could do? I'm thinking. All right.
0: So Marvin actually got cut off there because it was so long. The voicemail cuts out after three minutes. So FYI, guys. If you leave a voicemail um, on the, the call in line, it's fine. It could be long, but you will get cut off at the three minute mark. That's where that's where it ends at. So just an FYI on that. Um, but Marvin talks about the Bulls schedule after the break. I've, I've kind of talked touched on this as well myself. Yes, the schedule does not get any. It doesn't pay us any favors. We have the second toughest schedule. And overall, I still think and have the Bulls being able to win between 53 and 55 games. But with that being said, it's it. This team we're gonna we're gonna get to tell a lot of. We play just about every marquee team in the East in the second half of the season. And we play Miami in both home and away. We I think we even play the Bucks both at home and away over the course of that. And those are gonna be games that are telling. I think we play the Sixers at least one or two more times as well. All that being said, the Bulls, not even second half. It's really just the second quarter of the season. We're well over halfway through the season. Um, it's gonna be really telling. And I think that we are going to finally now we we have the size, right? Um so it's gonna it's gonna be telling to see what happens with the Chicago's Bulls team and how well they all gel together and how we go into this postseason. There's gonna be a lot being told over this next twenty three games that the Bulls have that start on Thursday when we get back on track. So we'll be on the lookout for that. This next one is from Shay. And Shay asked a wild question about Embiid possibly joining the Bulls. Let's go ahead and get into
1: it. Hey, what's up, hey? This is Shay. You know, I was thinking, you know, if the Philadelphia 76ers doesn't give Joel Embiid something to work with in the next couple of years, do you see him eventually joining the Chicago Bulls? Now, don't get me wrong, I know what you're going to say. Oh, that's a far stretch, Shay. That might be a little bit crazy, but think about it for a second. Joel Embiid is in his prime in a couple of years. He's not getting any younger. And then, too, he has injury history. So, you know, he at least wants one championship before he. It's about it. And I'm not going to say, oh, DeMar DeRozan's going to be on the team in a couple of years. Hey, I don't even know if Zach might be on the team in a couple of years. But with AK and Mark eversley's history of building the good teams in Denver and in here, do you see him join the Chicago Bulls? And hopefully this could be a way for him to get a championship. Anyway, me what you think? Peace.
0: Alright, so I looked this up after Shea brought it up. Uh, Embiid is not out of his contract into the end of the 2024 25 season by then we'd know what's going on with with vooch he'd either resign on a shorter deal a much a much short um less deal as well as far as money with that uh we'll see what's going on with kobe's extension Iowa will have an extension by then even patrick williams will have an extension by then so the bulls flex cap, uh cap flexibility to sign a player like Embiid is going to be interesting if they can do that um We'll see. Really, I do think, and, and I'm not even going to get into the basketball reasons. I listen, if it isn't is canon B get frustrated enough to leave Philly. Yes, it's possible, right? I don't see that happening, but yes, anything is possible. We've seen it in the NBA. But with that being said, if the Bulls are going to add another big time salary to this, uh, to this team. I really do see it happening next offseason. And the reason why is because that's when Vuce's contract comes up. That's before Io, uh gets his extension. That's before Kobe, can pu- no, Kobe would, yeah, that's the same summer Kobe would get his extension. That's before Patrick Williams will get his extension as well. That's really going to be the last time, depending on how everything works out. We know that DeMar will be off contract by the time Embiid's off contract as well. But that's probably really, unless something less, and, you know, A.K. and Eversley can do some magic ca- with, with the cap. But that's really the last time we project to be able to add another big-time contract to this team. And even then, that could be slim and not even happening, depending on what goes on with some other things. So I don't know if that's likely, uh, Shay. I really don't know if that's likely not to say, listen, if Embiid wants to come here, and he verbalizes that. hey, If anybody can do it, AK and Eversley is going to make it happen. We saw it. we bring guys in with signing trades all the time, so that's always a possibility as well. So we'll see. I don't know if that's necessarily something that I can see happening right now, but it's so far away. So many things can happen between now and 2025. That's three years from now. So a lot can happen between now and then. So it remains to be seen. But let me know what you guys think down below about Shay's question. Do you see a world in which Joe B can possibly join the Chicago Bulls? But that's it for me for today, guys. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. But wait, wait, I almost forgot. We hit our mark of 5,000 subscribers uh, today. I wanted to hit that before the end of February. I said we'll be doing a Bulls jersey giveaway if we did hit that. Well, guess what? We hit it. So I will be going live tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the subscribers. Be there. We'll give the jersey away there. We'll also just have some fun conversations. So make sure you're there for that. If you want a chance to win the jersey, you got to be there. You got to be there. But that is it uh, for me for today. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I liked it and everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Media.